Hi, everyone. I'm Claudia Sarek. And I'm Zach Mack. And this is So You Want to Run a Restaurant, powered by Back of House, where we let you have a seat at the table and talk about trending topics in the restaurant industry. Well, we have a really interesting and unique guest on with us today. He is not only a restaurant owner, but he's also runs and owns his own fashion line. Very modern thing to, like, honestly, I'm very impressed that it's time to do stuff like that. I try to write and it's a lot of effort to just get that down. Half the time I hate what I do, but like a fashion line is commitment. I've never tried to do it myself because I personally don't even think I'm a very good dresser, but being able to design and execute something like that is just next level. Mm-hmm. So his name is Chef Rodney White. He goes by Chef Rock. And um, he's in Louisville. So, I, I mean, he's a total entrepreneur. I feel like he's done this. He's working on something else. He's he's working on something in the music space as well that we're going to find out about and talk to him more, more about. So I feel like it is – he's really uh, in into the entertainment um, – entertainment space when it comes to like hospitality restaurants and then this whole other creative side to him as well which I just think is so fascinating that's that's true there's a special type of entrepreneur that manages to actually be creative on top of it they're not just outsourcing that and I'm really excited to talk to him about that because that can be one of the most fulfilling parts about being in business for yourself especially in the restaurant world which can feel like a little bit of a drain so Mm -hmm. he's probably gonna be able to tell us a lot I'm very excited to learn from him Trust 20 is a proud sponsor of the So You Want to Run a Restaurant podcast. Training with Trust 20 is not only interactive and entertaining, but it's also mobile friendly. Trust 20's ANSI accredited food handler certificate training is now available for individual and group purchases. Do you or your team need to know about food allergies? Trust 20's food allergy certificate training launches July 1st. Visit trust20.co to learn more. Again, that's trust20.co to get the freshest training for you and your team today. All right. Well, we are excited to have Chef Rock on the show with us today. He opened Super Chefs, which is a successful Louisville restaurant with his college roommate, Darnell Ferguson. He's also the first restaurant operator that we've spoken to with a fashion line, Chef to Impress. So we are excited to talk with you about all of this today. And thanks so much for joining us, Chef Rock. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, we're so happy to have you on today. We have a lot to talk with you about, but... Usually where we start this off, I mean, it's a pretty free-flowing conversation, but you got to start at the beginning. And we're kind of wondering, what was the genesis of you working in kitchens and restaurants? Like, what got you interested in the industry? Uh, Honestly, growing up in Detroit, um, I spent like the first half of my life in Detroit and grew up around my grandmother. And my grandma's old school where she cooked breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, Like, you can almost guarantee like you were going to have a meal from... Something as simple as a sandwich to a gourmet meal. She was going to make sure you ate it. So I was around her a lot in the kitchen, just smelling food, just asking her questions and just watching her cook. And growing up, I was a big Emeril Lagasse fan. Very, very big Emeril Lagasse fan. I love his interaction. I liked how he engaged with the crowd, the whole bam. You know, he was was very influential um, in my childhood. Um, He's almost like my... My culinary Michael Jordan, if you will, uh, <laughs> he really, really um, impacted my life. And then um, I got my first uh, job when I was 16 in the kitchen. I remember being so scared because um, I didn't know anything. And I remember yeah. the chef was like, got any experience? And I was like, no, that's why I'm here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get some experience. <laughs> and, uh, 
And I was terrified because, you know, on TV, you kind of see, like, the chef throwing things around the kitchen and, and they get upset and things of that nature. But my chef, he really did a great job of just kind of molding me and just teaching me fundamentals of being a, a young chef, but also teaching me the mannerisms of the yes chef, no chef, heard, you know, that, that level of respect that's given to a chef. Um, and so that was more or less the genesis of where I started. But right before I actually got my first job, I used to sell cheesecakes at church. Oh, wow. Um, so I, t- I, I took my grandmother's recipe for cheesecakes because she made phenomenal uh, cheesecakes. And I, uh, I used, that's how I used to bargain with some of the people at the church. It's always a good place to sell at church because you can make them feel bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it, it worked out great. Uh, I would, uh, from the deacons to the people in the choir, the people who just would come in. That was my thing. I would sell cheesecakes. And then I eventually uh, started working at a restaurant inside MC Suites Hotel. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't go down the baking route. I, so I like, I like to eat baking. The thing okay. with baking is you got to be too precise yeah. and you got to be more, and it takes a lot more patience. So mm-hmm. my patience as a young kid was about here. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I'm so energetic. So I didn't have the time to learn anything outside of a cheesecake. That was, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was literally it. But cooking, I can kind of freestyle. If something's too salty, I can add this to it. Got too much garlic. I know that like, you can manipulate it a little more. But baking, if you got too much baking powder, it's you got to start all the way over. If you open the right. oven door too many times, you got to start all the way over. Their cake will fall. So, um, yeah, the baking, not too much. I love to eat sweets. I do have a sweet tooth, but not so much yeah. making it. You yeah. and I are on the same page there. I feel the same. The precision <laughs> thing is tough. And it's yeah. also a very different job being pastry chef than it is, you know, being a cook. It's it's totally yeah, it's, yeah, it's very different. Day. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, have a, I do have a great deal of respect for people in the baking field, especially, you know, a lot more of those artistic cakes and things of that nature, how you can make a flower edible and things like that. Like you can make or make grass a cake or whatever the case may be. Like, I love the artistic side of baking. That's the part I yeah. really enjoy the most. Yeah. Well, then what made you move into cooking? I want to hear the story about your friend and your business partner and how how Super, super Chefs got started. Uh, yeah. So myself and Darnell, actually at the time, <laughs> I, I got kicked out of housing, believe it or not, for Sullivan. Nothing bad, but I just I was around the wrong people. I was doing great, but I was around the wrong crowd. Uh, but um, I was actually roommates with Darnell. And um, once we graduated, I remember him saying, like, yeah, I'm thinking about starting a restaurant. And uh and I thought, okay, cool. And so I remember the first time we were supposed to partner together, uh, he he blew my phone up. And yeah. I decided to go out and party versus <laughs> meet up with him <laughs> to go to the restaurant. Uh, I told him this years later after we got, I didn't tell him at the time I lied. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I lied. Uh, but um, he told me about the concept. And uh, during that time, I actually, I kind of gave up on cooking, to be quite honest. I started working at a Humana. And mm-hmm. as a sit-down job, like I was just like, you know what? I'm done with cooking. I couldn't get what I wanted. I'm going in a different direction. But I am not a sit-down person. Like I have to be moving. And um, and during that time, I was actually kind of, I was laid off and was looking for just something to do. I didn't. I was kind of lost. I was like, do I want to get back into cooking? Do I not? And uh, at the time, Darnell had started Super Chefs, and it was only open maybe a month, if that. I mean, we were getting like one customer a day, if that. Um, and that was typically like our auntie or grandma. I was typically a friend who would come in and just so, show some support and um, came apart the restaurant and just kind of helped out. And then, you know, about a month or two into it, uh, we sat down and we talked about far as just becoming business partners within the venture. And the beautiful thing is, you know, sometimes when you start a business, it's very 
Uh, it's not often that you can find being partnered with someone you have a relationship and it's successful. Typically, you're in partnership with someone that's over here and you're over here and y'all try to meet in the middle. But we were both on the same side of the spectrum and actually was able to grow um, to the restaurant that you see today. Uh, so it was a lot of trial and error to get to where we got to. That's yeah. honestly like I talked I talk about this with a lot of other business owners, but that's like a huge thing because some people don't realize that, especially for going into your first thing. People yeah. assume it's like, well, I can I can have a conversation with this person or I get along with them enough to go into business with them. But that doesn't always work out. Obviously, like right. we've learned that. But like, what was it? Did you guys acknowledge that? Or how did you figure out how to kind of divide the labor? Or did you guys kind of naturally just grow into the roles you knew you needed to, to cover? Uh, it, was, it was a little bit of both. Um, so I, I knew one thing I did always respect about uh, Darnell is his, he had a very, very creative mind when it came to cooking. And so one thing I didn't want to do, I didn't want to stop your creativity. Like I wanted you to have that. I, would, I wanted you to have that level of menu control. Um, however, I will always implement my, my tidbits, my advice. Hey, I think you should do this. What about this? And always just to keep his mind sharp as well. Um, whether we agreed on things or disagreed on it, but we will at least, one thing we always did a great job of, uh, communicating. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of that happened because how we, we grew up essentially as teenage, not, well, not teenage, young adults, I would say, um, going to go play basketball and working it out together and things of that nature. So when it came to the business area, we just kind of took that same level of communication and applied it to this. Um, and then also as well, he knew I always wanted to do uh, a culinary apparel line. He knew that. And so my focus was, I want to help you get this off the ground. I believed in the vision and everything. Uh, and we were very, very goal oriented. Like I got a poster board, honestly, from like 2014, 15, mm-hmm. where we wrote down goals. Um, mm, and it's like a vision cool. board. Yeah, it, there yeah. we go. Thank you. Took the words yeah. right out of my mouth. And it was a vision yeah. board. And, and I had all my I had all my friends when um, during this time I tore my ACL, so I had all my friends come over and we write our goals down and things of that nature. And it's the beautiful thing about it is we can actually we're like we're checking things off, like the, the visions are becoming reality. And uh, so we we always I always respected his mind and he respected what I wanted to do as far as in a, in the fashion world, if you will, um, or kind of combining fashion and culinary. And um, and like I said, my goal was just always to really help him flourish, help the restaurant and the brand flourish. And he does the same thing when it comes to Chef Turn Press. Mm-hmm. I want to get into the fashion a little bit, but I want to talk about more about the restaurant, the mm-hmm. restaurant first. So can you talk about the menu and the, what, what kind of food you all are serving to start? Yes, uh, we like to call it Urban Eclectic. It is a very, very fun, creative menu. So we, we like to take your comfort food and reinvent it in a way that you've yeah. never seen it. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we got menu items uh, like, so example, our Cinnamon Toast Crunch waffle. That our, we grew up eating Cinnamon Toast Crunch as a kid. Oh, and so we yeah. took some of those childhood memories and put a very updated culinary modern twist to it uh, with the plate-ups, with the designs. Um, then we also have a, a we, we got a seafood biscuits and gravy. And the thing with that, that took us a while to get that on the menu because we always want to do a biscuit and gravy. However, everyone pretty much has the same standard biscuits and gravy wherever you mm-hmm. go. It might have a little twist, but for the most part, it's the same thing. And so we decided to take some uh, garlic cheddar biscuits that we got. Uh, we actually got from Sullivan. Um, we break those down. We have them baked up. We break them down, toss them in some fresh compound butter, garlic shrimp, um, uh, salmon, crawfish. Would have made with a Noya cream sauce. Oh, yum. Mid- you got everything in there. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's so things like that. Um, when we did dinner, we did our meatloaf cupcakes, right? We all grew up eating meatloaf, <laughs> oh, wow. but you never, 
you've never seen it in a cupcake form. And yeah. so we take our meatloaf, we, we bake them off in little almost meatballs, if you will. We take our mashed potatoes, put them in a uh, piping bag and pipe them on there with candy bacon <laughs> sprinkles. And so it's meat, but, but wow. it's meatloaf, right? Yeah. yeah. And so things of that nature is what we really wanted to do with food. Take what you know as something so simple, but recreate mm-hmm. it in a way that your mind is like, I didn't know this can go that far. And so That's we so just creative. like to really, really, yeah, exactly. So we just, we, no. we, we love, we, we like to say, call it uh, from simple to super. And that's kind of been our yeah. motto from when yeah. we first started. I want to get yeah. you in touch with Cynthia. We had, we had someone on the show who I was just took, thinking that too, they took desserts. She took ice cream uh, and turned it into like fried chicken legs and mortadella mm. and all this stuff that doesn't, and yeah. mashed potatoes and, and turkey. So it's the opposite. You took something savory mm. and made it look sweet and she made sweet. something yeah. sweet. Sweet something made savory. it look savory. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's, that's something that blows the mind, but that's really, what a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, was it something that you were comfortable working with before? Like what? Like what kind of pushed you guys into that realm? Do you do you have an affinity for that kind of food, or is it something that you just saw a niche in the market for? Um, a little bit of both. Uh, we always wanted to, you know, everyone loves comfort food, and the thing with comfort food, no matter, I don't care if you're the the chef that's up here or if you're just a home cook down here. I don't care how successful you are when it comes to cooking. You love a great comfort meal when you go to your mom's house, your grandmother's house. And they're making something that when he brings back one of your childhood memories. You love that. Yeah. And yeah. so we really, that's what we grew up on. Um, and that's what we really wanted to implement. Even that's pretty much how we even kind of came up with the superhero theme of the restaurant. You know, we grew up on Batman, Spider-Man, Hawk, and things of that nature. We grew up doing that. And so we really just wanted to take all those things that make people comfortable. And the biggest thing with that is now we're relatable. Now we can talk. Now we can have a conversation. Hey, what did you grow up eating? How did your how did your mom cook this? How did how did your auntie cook this? Who had the best mac and cheese in the family? Like we can have those things and have yeah. a conversation about it. But hey, now I know your grandmother made the best meatloaf. But I promise you, if you try Super Chef's meatloaf, you might think a little different. And so <laughs> we just that's how we kind of came about doing that. We wanted something that we could relate to, but yeah. we also wanted to show. Due to our experience in different kitchens and restaurants, we can take something very relatable and comfortable and put this elegant twist to it yeah. and, and, and allow your mind to be blown away by creativity. So when did this really start to take off? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I know you said at first that you had a lot of friends and family showing you support. I, I'm curious when, because I know you also faced some challenges as well with with um, with with fires and floods and all yes. that as well. But I, but I want to talk about when it actually, you know, when people really started noticing this as something really unique and creative. Um, I, I, I like this. So when we first started off, we started going inside restaurants that didn't do breakfast and we were right out there in space. And mm-hmm. then honestly, right when we got our first location, um, I think if I'm correct, 2015, we were only in there for six months. And I remember the response from everyone was great. So I would say about 2014, 15, if I'm correct. Yeah. COVID is throwing my ears off. So everything's like, <laughs> we're, we're all yeah. on that same boat. I yeah, I was going to say, everything that. bled into one. Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, but I, somewhere around that time, you know, when we first got our own standalone location, and that's when we introduced breakfast. Uh, we, re- we all were doing breakfast, but we introduced dinner too. So we allowed people to see what can we do outside of breakfast. And I think to some degree, we took it as, you know, we're competitors. We, like I said, myself and Darnell, we played sports growing up. So there's a little competitive nature in you. So when people kind of put you in a box, like, oh, they just do breakfast and brunch and lunch. He's like, okay, well, we'll do dinner too. Let me sh- we'll show you how we can reinvent dinner as well. Yeah. Um, and so we, we really just took 
all of that in about, like I said, about 2014, 15. And once the fire happened, uh, my goodness, it was it was like a movie scene, to be quite honest. Um, yeah. Uh, what year was that first... that the fire hit? The fire hit, if I'm correct, 2015. I, I know for a fact it was January 10th. It was either 2015 yeah. or 16, one to two. Mm-hmm. But it was like within the first year you guys opened, basically. Yeah, first right. six months. Right. First oh, six, six months. months. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. We we got wow. in there around June, July, I think somewhere in that somewhere in that time frame, and the fire was January 10th. I won't ever forget the date because it's my nephew's birthday, so I know oh. January 10th for sure. Yeah. And I remember it was snowing. Darnell called me. Yo, the restaurant's on fire. I thought he was lying, just trying to get me to come to work early. I don't know. Um, and so <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I turned on the news and it was actually on the news. And I remember it was snowing that day. I'm speeding. And I actually, you know, it's so slippery. I actually slid and hit into a car. Oh, um, no. Yes. <laughs> on your I way, was, to, on your way on, to check on the restaurant? Uh, on my way. I rolled oh, my, my window down. I said, is your car damaged? And it's like, no. I was like, I'm so sorry. Come to Super Chefs. That's where I'm going right now. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> And I just kept driving. Like, I did have a conversation. I was like, you can just follow me, but I have yeah. to go attend this first. Yeah. And, um, but that was such a blessing in disguise. And I say that because, you know, we, the lo- granted, that was our first standalone location. But where we are at now is the area of town that we try to get in initially. And things just wasn't working out with the different um, um, places we looked at for location, mm-hmm. rent, and things of that nature. Um, and so once that fire happened, uh, you know, some doors opened up and opportunities came and we were able to get right in the heart of the Highlands where that's a foodie area as far as in Louisville, mm-hmm. Kentucky, where people are just so much foot traffic. I mean, you can just walk walk down the street and go to this restaurant, that bar, this restaurant, that bar, and go everywhere. Um, and so it took that fire, I think, once it happened. And then obviously appearing on a couple of different networks and TV shows. Uh, that also brings a little, a little more attention to you. Uh, but yeah, I think after course. that fire and once we got into this location we're in now in 2016, that's when we really began to take off. And so mm-hmm. we couldn't have been more grateful for that. As much as it hurt then, looking back in hindsight, you could be a lot more thankful for it. But that's typically how life works. You typically have to go through something traumatic or tragedic for you to also kind of see the, the sunshine on the end of the No, I mean, it's world. true. But I mean, you went through something tragic and traumatic, but wasn't there a flood too? Yeah, so I know. It's like we're going through every element. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really so testing you, you know? did, did you get any, like, hail damage as well on there? Yeah, I mean, no. I feel like what, not lightning, did lightning the, strike? Good the Lord. Swarm of locusts on the way. Yeah, yeah. it was. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the last days. Uh, but yeah. we, were, uh, we, got, we got a flood probably like a year and a half into the restaurant. Got a flood. Mm. Um, some pipes burst. I think they were frozen, if I'm correct, and then it just burst, and we had to shut down for a few weeks. Um, it sucked, but honestly, due to the fact that we went through that fire, this flood was easy. We were like, okay, cool. We know what we got to do. But the fire <laughs> obviously took everything. Some water, obviously, it was almost up to uh, our knees and ankles, but we were like, we can adjust that, you know? So we got the right people in there. Uh, to help get that out. Um, and we got a lot of, one thing about Louisville, I mean, we get a lot of support from the city. And that's something that, like, you, us not being from Louisville, you may not think you would receive. But, you know, they tr- Louisville has treated myself and Darnell and the restaurant community itself has treated us like family since day one. And so um, that level of support is uh, something that we can't take for granted. Mm-hmm. No, that's really is like the, the difference, isn't it? Is like the support from people around you, just like the new friends and family you make when yeah. you set up shop at someplace new. 
100%. Yeah. It's the most important 100%. thing, really. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And getting no, past so. all those hurdles, I think, just teaches. I mean, I can only imagine how that brought your camaraderie with your with your co-founder together, and just everything that you had to go through. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. So, you no, know, all those different situations. You know, we've uh, we're very big into our faith, and so yeah. uh, we just look at them as different challenges, and just to kind yeah. of see. I, I like to think that you know every successful person always has a story, and yeah. without that story, what can you tell me? What if you just always been here, you've never been down here, but we really can't relate. But if I've been on both ends of the spectrum, I can have a conversation with anyone. And right. I can and I can and talk about my struggles and you can talk about yours. I can tell you about my success and vice versa. So, you know, it's part of part of life, I guess you can say, whether yeah. we enjoy it or not. <laughs> not to keep beating down on like the downer topics, but you went through a lot. <laughs> As a young business owner, that's that's a lot to do in the first few years of being open, no matter who you are. Yeah. Um, but you obviously we all went through the same collectively went through the same thing with COVID over the last few years. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone I went through a bunch of hard times with my business. I got flooded in Sandy uh, within six months of us opening too. And I still tell people to this day that that sort of experience, similar to like what you said with the fire and the flood, really helped us mentally prepare or mentally get through COVID. And I'm yeah. curious if what you went through with that affected in any way the 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 ways that you handled the last couple of years of business or, or just your outlook in general on on seeing things through like hard times um it, it definitely did um you know obviously the flood and the fire and then with covid uh when that transpired one thing though the fire and the flood taught us is just to be transparent with the people who work with us and just let them know just be honest definitely. with them and yeah. hey, this is what's going on. This is where we're at. But this is what we're trying to do. Um, mm-hmm. And so the same thing with COVID. Um, I mean, it was obviously out of our control um, and business yeah. slowed down 100 um, percent. And we actually shut down for three, three or four months, if I'm correct. Um, yeah. We shut down from March, April, May. Yeah, we opened back up in June. If I'm no, maybe July. Uh, we shut all the way down. Um, yeah. But. I actually enjoyed COVID. I enjoyed the shutdown because, you know, as a restaurant, as a been an entrepreneur, you're constantly on the go, on the go, and you're trying to get this goal. Then you're like, okay, got another goal, then this goal. And you're never really slowing down. Mm-hmm. And with COVID, it stripped everything away, and it was nothing but me and my kids. And that's like, what yeah. you going to do now? And now you got to figure out uh, life. So I got, a really, I got a lot of time to work on myself as a man before I can even work on myself as an entrepreneur. And so mm-hmm. once I really honed in a lot more skills, I even, I never meditated a day in my life, but COVID, I had time. I had nothing to do. I love to hear that. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm going to look into this meditation stuff. I, I read more. I, I don't even read because I'm constantly on the go. I never really set time to read. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But being able, to, being able to, to, uh, to connect with my kids, taking them, I, we were doing more stuff. Granted, we couldn't go anywhere, but... More stuff around the house. We were outside more. We were. I was doing so many different things that I time. didn't exactly. Yeah. And that's what I learned throughout COVID is quality time and actually learning how to prioritize what actually matters. You know, because like I said, being an entrepreneur, you're just on the go. You're not even thinking about anything besides the business, which mm-hmm. is great. But the business is going to survive if you are not on your A's and uh, P's and Q's as a man or as a woman as an entrepreneur you're not going to be a great entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. that's what COVID really allowed myself. And then Darnell, I mean, we, we were bored. So we spent a lot of time. Hey, what you doing? Nothing. Same thing I was doing two hours ago. Uh, so yeah. we had a lot of time together along with other people in the industry who I got other chef friends. 
in the industry. So we spent a lot of time working out together, um, just kicking it at home and things of that nature. So we, it, it yeah. definitely grew us closer than took us apart. Well, I'm wondering then, is that when Chefs to Impress started? Is that when you came up with that idea for your clothing line? Or how did that factor in during that time? So during that time, that actually allowed me to kind of focus a little more on Chef to Impress. So I had a Mm -hmm. lot more time to kind of write out, okay, I need to get in this position. I need to talk with this restaurant, this particular hotel, this university. And so it allowed me to kind of prioritize things in order. Uh, So I actually... The, the idea of Chateau Press came about in 2013, but I would say around mm. uh, the last few years is really when I started actually putting my foot on the gas and really taking off. Um, I was so focused on different restaurant adventures and uh, different cooking engagements that I had personally for myself um, that I kind of had Chateau Press on the back burner. Um, however, I've always had a lot of belief and support from everyone's like, Yo, you got to get this going. This is like the Nike of the culinary world. Like, yeah, this is really completely, cool. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. This is completely different than what's out there. And so um, with Darnell and uh, Jerron Hurt being able to wear, uh, Michael Vitaggio, a couple of other different chefs who have been able to wear the brand, and they actually genuinely like it. They don't just wear it because, oh, he's a good guy. They wear the brand because he's a good guy, and he puts out a great product. And so things of that nature, that's what really um, – kind of keeps me humble, but also keeps me confident on the move when it comes to Chef to Impress. Mm-hmm. So it seems like also, I mean, you talked a little bit about the the folks that have been wearing it, but it does seem to have attracted a lot of celebrity chefs and made appearances on a bunch of TV shows. I mean, what has that yes. been like? Yeah, you'll have to see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's fun. It's, you, know, that, you know, certain things, you know, you kind of have a vision and you're like, this is what I would like to happen. But uh, it's a quote by a rapper named Wale. He says, it's easy to dream a dream, but it's harder to live it. And that's like one of my favorite quotes. It's easy to dream a dream, but it's harder to live it. So a lot of times we have all these dreams and aspirations and we don't really work towards them. But in order to live that dream out, you actually got to put some work into it. And so to see them on different chefs and things of that nature on TV wearing the brand, that's like what I wanted. Like I said, I, I love Nike. I love just kind of their their concept of how like LeBron James and Kevin Durant and certain athletes are have their own signature shoe. And that's what I'll essentially do with different chefs. I'll allow mm-hmm. them to have their own signature chef coat, a signature apron, signature non-slip shoe for that matter. Um, so so that's, you no, know, to see that is just like, oh, that's the greatest thing ever. Because uh, that means I'm, 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 I'm chipping away at this thing. I'm chipping away. I'm taking over the yeah. market. So one chef at yeah. a time. I mean, do you think, how has it helped you? It's a very different business to jump into. Obviously, you're tackling a lot as a restaurant owner, but with the culinary, sorry, with your culinary background versus something like the fashion industry or just apparel in general, do you find like, I find for me personally, having a side project, uh, even a very busy one can help me recharge, even if it's taking time and energy. Do you feel like there's something you've learned from that side of the business that's helped your restaurant and vice versa? Yeah, um, it's, one has taught me uh, creativity, um, and so because I, it's being creative is you can apply, apply creativity in any field, in my opinion. And so, like, kind of plating food and being very artistic with the food and things of that nature. How do I want this sauce? Doing spoon pulls, doing dots, doing zigzags, and different plate ups. You know, you kind of take those same creativity juices, if you will, and apply that into the culinary world of fashion. Uh, but the beautiful thing of with me is like. 
I was actually on the line. I know what it's like to be on the line cooking. I know what it's like to be busting tables. So I know what type of apparel makes sense for you to wear. What's comfortable? What's breathable? You don't want this big heavy jacket on that's weighing you 20 pounds and you're sweating your behind off while you're on the line. Got sweat dripping down your eyes. You don't want that in the kitchen. You need something light and so you can get to it while you're moving. Uh, And so kind of taking some of those fundamental skills of just creativity and my knowledge of what it's like to actually work in a kitchen I've taken all that information, downloaded it, and I put it into this. Now, as far as when it comes to the fashion part, I've always liked to dress. I always had an idea of dressing and being kind of cool, fun, stylish, and things of that nature. I've always liked that. So that's just my way of kind of showing my personality. And lastly, I like making people look good, whether that's me helping you out on the catering or you wearing my chef coat. I like, I love to. I call it like an assist. You know, in basketball, I call it an assist when, <laughs> yeah. when somebody scores, right? I love throwing assists. And if I can make you look good, that's a two for one. Now I'm looking good and you're looking good. And everyone's winning. So I, I love win. that aspect. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I love that aspect of it. Yeah. What has the feedback been from folks that are in back, like in the kitchen and especially like a head chef that says, hey, are, are, are most people cool with it? Or Because I know there's this you know, there's normally this traditional French-based model of how restaurant kitchens have been run in the past and how people are supposed to look. Um, Do you find that most people are pretty cool with it? I I have. So, so kind of going to what you said, my, mind you, my first kitchen job was at MC Suites. And I, so how even the thought of Chef to Impress, you know, looking back when I was like 16, I remember telling my, I looked around, everyone, like I said, white chef coat, black pants, checker pants, the same uniform. And I remember my, telling my chef at the time, uh, spray paint was very popular when I was in high school. And I was like, chef, I want to come into work and get my jacket spray painted, just some fun colors. And I remember him telling me, well, you will not work in this kitchen looking like that. And I was like so confused. I'm like, why? Like, what does that have to do with it? my skill set? Yeah. And, but I you know now that I'm older, I understand that, that was just how chefs look was just a standard way. That was just like it was very black and white. And what I really wanted to do with Chef to Impress was allow people to have a personality. Like, so no different right now. How you're dressing is completely different than what I'm dressed. How she, what she's wearing is completely different. And so, but this is your personality. And so with Chef to Impress, I wanted to create styles that benefit people who are real colorful, flashy, flamboyant, or if you're very simple, sophisticated, and confident. Like, I wanted to show both ends of the spectrum. And as I began to enroll, um, to enroll the, the women's collection, I cannot stand, I kid you not, I cannot stand when women in the kitchen look like a guy. Because they mm-hmm. all are wearing the same look. Like, there's no way Claudia should come in the kitchen and be working and look like myself and Zach. It just shouldn't happen. Mm. She, I should be able to tell she has on a woman's chef coat, whether it's with mm. the colors, whether it's with the cut, whether it's with the fit. Like, it should stand out. And so, mm-hmm. I've initially when I first started, I got, I got a little push, I guess you could say, of, no, this isn't how you do it. But as time has progressed... You know, things will be a lot more acceptable, even from tattoos to piercings and things of that nature. So life is changing. So you have to adapt with the times. So honestly, I feel like now I've gotten great responses. People love it. They love it not just from a creativity perspective, but they love it because it looks like me when you put it on. So it looks like you when you put it on. Like whatever mm-hmm. you wear from the Chef to Impress collection, it looks like you. And that's something you don't get when you walk into a normal kitchen. Everyone's wearing the same thing. There's no personality. There's no style. But yet we all cook different. So why am I, why should we be kept in this box of cooking if we should be kept in this box of fashion? So 
I, I'm a firm believer of being able to express yourself within within parameters, obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm a big believer in just being able to express yourself and uh, just have fun and look great. But at the end of the day, one thing I never want to lose within Shelter Oppress is, yes, we may look great, we may look different, may look stylish and a lot of personality. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to perform. You have to be able to cook. Yeah. You have to take the craft seriously. Because... Yeah. I never, we never want to be known as a, a gimmick brand or just a, a clown. You know, we never want to be that. We want right. to, yes, we look great, but we, exactly, but we can yeah. back it up when it's in the kitchen. When it's time to go, when we got a, a, a hundred covers out there, we got to get them out. We're on a three hour wait. Uh, when you got to perform under the bright lights on a Food Network competition or whatever the case may be, like we mm-hmm. can actually perform. And so uh, that's the, the the biggest part. Like we can talk a little trash by far as how we look, I guess you could say, but we can back it up as well how we mm-hmm. cook. Yeah, I think nice. I think that's I think that's spot on. I don't know. I Absolutely. Think, yeah. yeah. So okay, so you've done your restaurant, you've done the fashion line. Tell us what's up. Can you give us a little behind the scenes look of what uh, what's up for you and the restaurant and the and the clothing line or something new that you're exploring for the next year or yes. two ahead? Absolutely. Uh, so. As far as with the restaurant, we are in the process of looking for a different location. Um, <clears throat> we want to just kind of expand. There's so many people, you know, right when you think everyone knows about the restaurant, you always yeah. meet another group of people who have no idea who we are. And so yeah. things like that keeps us humble. So we're looking for different locations um, to uh, different areas of the, uh, of the city to get into. Um, so that's next on the radar. As uh, far as for Chef to Impress, uh, we will be enroll, uh, rolling out as far as a new line. For the summertime, right around June, uh, we'll mm-hmm. be uh, rolling out our, our Omega collection, our Chef Craze collection. Um, oh, we actually, very fancy. We actually have, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but we also have a, uh, we have a song called Chef to Impress. It's, it's, a, it's a self-entitled song, but it's, it's, a, it's a song full of energy. Um, it's talking about, it's, it's educational. It's, it's talking about different uh, sauces, the five mother sauces, the different types of cuts from Julienne's to Brunois. Um, but oh, it's also wow. talking about how you got to look confident and be confident in the kitchen. I, I kid you not, the kids love it, uh, and and adults love it too. It's a, it's a very <laughs> fun. It's not a it's not a cheesy song. It's called yeah. Chef to Impress. It's on YouTube, Spotify. It's uh, Apple Music, uh, title. It's everywhere. Like you can literally Google it. Um, and we'll be releasing the music video that we shot for it. I like to call it a culinary music video. Uh, so. Um, that is that so con- unique. Yeah, you are you definitely are, like, one creative first... guy, man. Seriously, that's unbelievable. Yeah, like you have completely <laughs> merged the idea of entertainment and yeah. the restaurant industry in a very unique and different way. We're not just talking about oh, let's do a special a special menu yeah. or a cooking show or something. Like this is taking it to a whole new level. This is so fascinating. Oh yeah, I was uh, yeah, man. Very kitchen, impressive. Thank you. The, the The song came about actually during COVID. Obviously, like I said, had a lot of time on hand. So <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I can't I can't use a Beyonce song or. Or whomever, I can't use the hottest artist song. And so the concept just came out. Well, we'll just make our own song. Like, why don't we just do something? But like I said, the goal was not to be cheesy. Um, so yeah. our brand is a very brand of confidence. We're, uh, it's a proud brand. When you put our brand on, Chef to Impress on, like you, your confidence level raises. Like you feel no different than when you get ready to go on a nice date. You know, you put on your nice slacks, you put on your nice dress, you got your earrings on, you feel good, right? Your walk changes. And that's the same thing that yeah. happens when you put on Chef to Impress. Your walk changes. Yeah. Well dang, we'll have to we'll have to include a link to the song on the um when we when we when we promote this this episode. And, yeah, please um, do it as soon as we're done. 
I, yeah, yeah, I, I would can't, love. I, I would love to hear your feedback on it. Love to hear your for feedback. sure. No, I'm excited. It's gonna be. I'm, yeah. This is so unique. It's so cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was awesome. Um, okay, so we're looking. Well, and we're looking forward to seeing everything that unfolds for you in the new restaurant and and all of that. So, but before you leave, we're gonna head into the tasting menu, and three okay. quick questions here. First thing that comes to mind. Um, first question: One food that you can't live without. Kid you not, watermelon. I love watermelon. Like I'm a big. F- Watermelon guy. Oh, yeah. I can't live without So good. Yes. Oh, yeah. So good. Especially when you're in the, in the summer. It's the, that is like the perfect summer treat. Super refreshing. Um, yes. yes. Uh, coolest celebrity you've ever cooked for? My mom. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll just play. Oh, uh, that's a great good answer. answer. Good answer. Yeah. I'm going to keep good that answer. one. I'm, I'm going to keep that one. <laughs> keep that she, one. She helped, yeah. get, she helped me get through uh, college, Sullivan University. So I, my coolest celebrity would be my mother. I was being, oh, able to go, being able to go home after I graduated and cook for her as a proud chef. Like, mom, I know what I'm doing in the kitchen now. Let me, I got it. You sit down. Um, yeah. So that was a great moment for me. That's good. Yeah. I love that that was your first answer and the first thing that popped into your head was your mother. So now we'll definitely have to send her a link to this and say you're going to love this <laughs> podcast episode that your son did. Um, okay. And the last question is, who's the best dressed chef in the food world, in your opinion? Uh, Besides dark- yourself. But besides yeah. myself, yeah. yeah, or you could say yourself too. I mean, I'm not gonna. Um, I would say Darnell Ferguson because he okay. wears chef to impress. Um, yeah. But I love Manit, uh, Chef Manit. Uh, I'm gonna mispronounce her last name. Forgive me, Manit. Uh, chef Manit Sh- Shohan. Uh, but she was on Tournament of Champions. She's an Indian in, uh, background chef, uh, but she is like super fly. Like there's like oh. a checklist. Of who I would love to design something for, because she she's is super one of them. fly. I would love to design a chef coat of apron from her. Like she's always got her jewelry on, her earrings on. Like yeah. her chef coats always got a vibe to them. Like I would love to do something for her. So that that would be my besides Darnell and then uh, Chef Monique. That was a probably all right. Best well, Chef Monique, if you're listening to this, there you go. We're gonna we'll put, we will put you in touch with Chef Rob. The collab has been so, dropped. The offer's been exactly. dropped. Exactly. We're making partnerships and connections here live on the show. So, there you go. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, uh, Chef Rock. Um, really, was it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Absolutely, Chef, it was great talking to you. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. I love the podcast. I love what y'all are doing. Thank uh, just you. Just providing an opportunity for restaurant operators like myself and chefs. Uh, something very, very unique and something that should not be underappreciated. So thank you much for just the platform that you all are creating um, for people. And shout out to Ben in season two. I know, yeah, right? Thank absolutely. you. And if you yes. come up with any ideas for a podcast clothing line, let us know. <laughs> I have no yeah. idea what I'm doing with that. I'm going so. to send you all some gear. I'll send you all some. I got a, cool, yes. I got a culinary legend shirt on. So. Oh, perfect. Oh, I love it. I love I'll it. Send we'll you all wear some it. Gear. Having a hard time keeping up with all of the restaurant industry news? Check out the Back of House News podcast that drops every Thursday. The Back of House News podcast cuts through the noise and covers all of the latest restaurant and food service industry headlines that you need to know now. Go to backofhouse.io or listen wherever you get your podcasts. That's Back of House News podcast and backofhouse.io. 
Want to hear more listeners? Then you need to head to backofhouse.io, where you can find the latest on restaurant technology, food service industry news, a ton of free how-to guides, like how to digitize your space, how to work with food influencers, the latest on restaurant relief, and more interviews with industry experts. And while you're there, definitely remember to sign up for their free weekly newsletter, eat.news. Back of House has a team of food service industry writers and journalists who cut through the noise and give you the headlines that you really need to see each week. This is honestly one of the best weekly food service focused newsletters I've ever read or seen, and I wouldn't say that if it weren't true. Follow us on Twitter at BOH underscore podcast and at We Are Back of House on all other platforms.